So if you're getting bored, that means you need to get out and talk to your customers or your clients and see what else you can deliver to them or how you can do it better. Being bored is a state of mind. The only time you get bored is when you start to embrace mediocrity. Rain Podcast. Hi, this is Nova Lorraine, founder of Rain Magazine, and I want to welcome you to Unleash Your Supernova. We have Jim Fasina here today. He is the founder and CEO of Amora Coffee. Actually, the co-founder. We'll learn more about the co-founder in a few minutes. Hi, Jim. Hi, Nova. How are you today? I'm good. I am actually excellent. It's a beautiful sunny day, and I'm always excited when the sun rises and not the clouds and the rain. So I'm good. Fantastic. How about you? Excellent. It is a uh, great day today. We are uh, coming up on the end of the week. But uh, as you know, for entrepreneurs, Friday is just uh, two days away from uh, Monday. So uh, it it allows us to start our day on Saturday. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Friday is my favorite day of the week. So I can relate to that. So I'm really excited to jump right in and have our listeners learn more about my love for Amora. But first, let's talk a little bit about the co-founder. Who sits by you on the throne of running Amora? So the co-founder of Amora is Marina Di Domenico. She is my partner. We founded this company together in 2011, but we've been working together for the better part of the last 30 years. We are truly partners in business at Amora, but we are also partners in life. Uh, Marina and I are husband and wife. I love that. Absolutely love the love story. Get it? Love, Amora, the love story. (laughs) It's all about love. (laughs) Being tied to the brand and especially when you're able to build something together with your partner in business, but also your partner in life. That's pretty incredible. And rumor has it, there is an interesting story behind how you came up with the name of Amora Coffee. Why don't you tell us? It is pretty interesting. We had put together the entire strategic plan behind Amora and who Amora was going to be and how we were going to service our consumer and what the value proposition was. And this was the baby that was born that didn't have a name. And we were really struggling with the proper name. And I guess the funny part of the story is it took about a bottle of wine between my wife and myself. And uh, we sat back and we said, what does aroma sound like spelled backwards? And it comes out to be Amora. And everything that we stand for with our coffee and our consumers and our family is all about love. And so Amora seemed to be appropriate. It was available for trademark. And as we say here, that's Amora. (laughs) That's Amora. And it also, there's a tie-in to your heritage, right? Both of you being from Italy. Yes, both of our uh, parents have actually um, come from Italy. Uh, Marina's father is actually uh, came from Italy and uh, came to the United States. And uh, uh, from my side of the family as well, we are of uh, Italy descent. And Amora means what in Italian? Amora means love. Ah, see all these layers. That's pretty exciting. I want to actually take a step back. I want to share a little bit about the success of Amora and why you are here today. Amora has sold over 6 million units of coffee to date since launching in 2011 and has a very unique business model and how they view their customers and interact with their customers. But I'll let Jim go into a little bit more detail about that. 
but how many individuals have you touched so far with the Amora brand? So we have about a million customers and uh, we've been able to do that since uh, 2011. And the whole value proposition behind Amora needed to be one that wasn't just about uh, great origin or better beans or fantastic packaging. Coffee is a commoditized item. So we really wanted to develop a value proposition that was more about uh, really serving the needs, wants, and desires of the consumer. And if the consumer subscribes to Amora Coffee and tells us all about their tastes and their preferences and how much coffee they drink, then we can uh, roast and ship directly to you, hand pack it and get it to you by two-day priority mail. So it's as fresh as we believe we can get it to you. That's our value proposition. And it's clearly working with a million customers. So hats off to you on that. And I want to go a little more into just your background as one of the founders and how this has contributed towards your success. uh, So our listeners can take some words of wisdom away and apply it to their journey of entrepreneurship. Let's start with some memories. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you have given yourself five years ago? Well, stepping back five years ago in today's world is almost like stepping back uh, 20 years ago in yesterday's world. The consumer market and consumer purchase behavior is moving so fast that the evolution is more transformational than we've ever seen. So I would say that five years ago, the thought would be to make sure that you're staying even further in front of changing consumer purchase behavior than ever before, because our consumer purchase behavior has turned into um, doggy year style. So every year is like seven years today. And so what would you say the advice that you would have told yourself if you looked in the mirror, if you had the opportunity to look in the mirror Going back five years, what would you say? Jim, blah, 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 blah. What would that be? I would say, uh, Jim, consumers with today's technology are engaging with brands so very differently than they did in the past. Today's technology is really determining how marketing can reach consumers, where in the past it was really marketing determining what type of technology was needed to reach consumers. And so with that evolution and explosion of new technologies available, it's really become one of understanding how you can reach a consumer through new technological means. And the technology is now taking precedent over the marketing. And it's really important to understand that today, brands really need to be loyal to their consumer as the yesteryear loyalty to a brand is not the same for a consumer as it used to be. So you would focus more on technology as opposed to marketing back then? So I would say that uh, technology is now enabling marketing far more than marketing used to enable technology. So uh, technology is now becoming a real true lead force. Okay, great. And I'm sure on this evolution of the brand and realizing now how important technology has been in the growth of the company. I'm sure there is a really funny behind the scenes moment, um, either with yourself or you, Marina, that you can share with us. There's probably a lot of funny uh, moments uh, over our uh, career, but I would probably say that um, one of the more funny moments for us would have been going back to uh, naming the company. And naming the company seemed to be 
the most difficult thing we had because at the end of the day, when we thought about our brand, we wanted to make sure that when somebody said the name of our brand, which is Amora, they knew exactly what we stood for. It's almost like when you go back to the days of Snapchat and you want to say that, oh, I've snapped my friend and everybody knew what snapped meant. And so the funniest part of everything that we've done so far is the name Amora really originated out of a, a mistaken backwards spelling of aroma. <laughs> right. I love it. <laughs> and it was clearly meant to be. It was definitely meant to be. So as we move forward, let's zero in a little bit on the mindset. I believe that for an entrepreneur to be successful, they have to be in a specific mind space that can help them with strategy and just sustaining the journey. So let's dive into yours a little bit. If you had to relate what you do to sports, how would you describe how you have followed, changed, or disrupted the game? I'd probably liken what we're doing in all of our entrepreneurial pursuits to skiing. The terrain is always changing. The weather is sometimes nice and it's uh, sometimes pretty fierce. And the conditions of the slopes today are not guaranteed to be the conditions tomorrow and they may not have been the same yesterday. I love that analogy. <laughs> Actually, my only experience skiing ended with me tumbling down the slopes <laughs> on an icy slope. So yeah, that brought up some uh, pretty strong visuals for me when you, when you use skiing as your analogy. Well, it's not very different in business. And over there are going to be times that you're going to take a tumble and, uh, yeah. and you have to make sure you have the right helmet on so that you can weather the tumble. And when you do tumble, you have to figure out how you're going to get back up and get on those skis and continue your journey. That's so true. And luckily I had no broken bones, kind of twisted up a little bit, a little sore, but no broken bones. So yeah, very, very uh, similar to business. So what three traits do you feel then are most needed to pursue entrepreneurship? So for me personally, I find that persistence is critical and there is no time off as an entrepreneur. You're always on. Yeah. The second thing is thick skin. You will meet more rejection than acceptance during your entrepreneurial career. And then the third would be the ability to listen before acting or reacting. Those are the three traits that I feel are most needed for success in entrepreneurship. Interesting that you mentioned rejection. So I hear failure a lot, which is a cousin of rejection, right? Not directly the same thing, but understanding similar to acting or modeling or any other creative industry, understanding right off the bat that you're going to hear more no's than yeses does not mean you are on the wrong path, right? Absolutely. Failure is not the end. Uh, failure is the beginning of what's next. The true definition of failure for me is... Mm -hmm. If you were to make a mistake and you didn't learn from that mistake and you made that exact same mistake again, well, that really is failure. So learn once, taken twice is sort of my uh, motto on that. But failure is just the start of what's next. And failure only happens when you downright quit. Ah, that's true. And that doesn't mean that when you stop doing something, you're quitting. Okay, that may mean you're evolving to something else, but failure is critical in learning and growing. 
That's a good point in terms of stopping what you're doing, not being equivalent to failure, because many of us choose to pivot in our lives. May it be as you're going down one path with an idea and you realize that it's not working for one reason or another, but it leads you to another idea. As you said, it's just the beginning of something new and different and not necessarily that you failed. And so I think that's really important to drive home. That was a great point. And if you're not pivoting, that means you're not exploring enough avenues because sometimes you're going to take an avenue that is going to bring you down a road where you realize uh, you might be off track. And if you can't pivot and get back on track, then yes, you're going to have some traits of uh, failure. But also, if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. If you're not taking risks, you're not trying hard enough. And look, if it was if it was that easy, we'd all be entrepreneurs. If it was that easy, nobody would have a worry in the world. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but that's just not reality. And so I find it interesting when I have conversations with folks and they say that, uh, you know, I have a near perfect success track record. You know, I internalize that and I say, well, you're not trying hard enough. Mm. Which makes... It puts a definitely a brighter look or outlook, I should say, on failure and sort of embracing it. Just say, okay, it's going to come or pivots or changes or pauses along the way are going to come, but bring it on. You know, I know that there's only something better that's going to evolve out of that. And so let's put two words you don't always hear together. Let's put them together. I'd love to hear your definition of creative entrepreneur. As you know, in Rain, we cover the new and the rising in fashion, culture, and technology, and we call these individuals creative entrepreneurs. What would you describe as this type of entrepreneur? How would you define that? Well, I think a uh, creative entrepreneur is somebody who is looking beyond what's happening today and being proactive and not being reactive, not finding themselves falling into a conundrum of boredom or not being able to expand the innovation that you initially set out for. So when you start talking about creative entrepreneur, you have to start thinking about what is my innovative value proposition to society? and that can take on a whole host of different concepts and ideas. In this particular case, where we're selling the love of coffee and it's fresh and it's well-deserved, but in other businesses that we've owned, uh, we've provided value propositions of teaching and training other companies as to how to reach consumers directly we had a company for nearly 20 years called Facina Marketing Group, which was a direct-to-consumer advertising agency. We just sold that last year. But we brought over 100 companies to market over a period of 18 years wow. and generated nearly $15 billion in sales for them. Incredible! But the whole concept behind all of that, when you start talking about creative entrepreneur, is what are you bringing to your key constituents that is going to be of value, that is something that they can't necessarily find very easily on the outside. Once you become commoditized, mm -hmm. creative entrepreneur goes out the door. Interesting. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point. Huh. Okay. I love that. You had mentioned boredom as you were just describing 
what a creative entrepreneur is and trying to avoid that. What are some of the hacks that you've used to help you overcome boredom or battle boredom? Well, if you're bored, then you're not staying in front of the curve. The world never stops, so neither should you. Okay. So if you're getting bored, get out there and figure out what's next up on deck. Get your ear down to the rail and listen to what the consumers are saying or whoever your key constituents are. But in a world of constant evolution and never stopping, the concept of becoming bored, in my mind, is impossible. So if you're getting bored... That means you need to get out and talk to your customers or your clients and see what else you can deliver to them or how you can do it better. Or maybe even pivot, as we mentioned before. Maybe it's time to move on to something else. Or pivot, but being bored is a state of mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. And even if you're having the most difficult of times, which every entrepreneur will have throughout their journey, throughout their career, you're going to have tough times. And you're going to have to overcome those tough times, okay? But even in the worst and most difficult times, it's impossible to get bored if you really aren't trying to stretch yourself to your best ability possible. The only time you get bored is when you start to embrace mediocrity. If you're going to embrace mediocrity, you're going to get bored. You're going to become complacent. And then you might fall into that very dangerous area of feeling entitled. Mm. And touching back on one of the traits that you mentioned in terms of persistence. So we're battling our boredom and we're being persistent. And now we're on the verge of burnout. (laughs) So how do you stay at the forefront, continue to push, 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 push? And then at the same time, balance burnout. What are some of the tips that you can share with us that's helped you? Well, first of all, if you're experiencing burnout, the first sign of that is if you're getting up in the morning and you're not excited about what you're about to do and embark upon today, whether you're doing that in an entrepreneurial fashion or you're working for somebody else, that's your first sign of burnout. Mm. So do something about it. Okay. Okay? And so what can you do about it? Well, the only person who can combat burnout or even boredom is yourself. Nobody is going to manage your career other than you. Nobody is going to advance you in your career other than you. So if you're starting to get burned out, change the course, change the view. That doesn't mean you have to quit what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. But if you're not burnout, becomes one of those compounding effects that can really lead to a disastrous outcome. So from the second you start feeling burned out, get out there, learn new items, talk to new people, make sure you have a mentor. Always Mm -hmm. have a mentor. Do you have a mentor? I have several mentors and I hold them in very, very high regard. And uh, they've been uh, very memorable people who I've had a chance to work aside uh, along my journey. There's actually four in particular. I'm curious because most entrepreneurs that I've met along the way don't necessarily have mentors. Is this something that you learned later in your journey uh, while developing your company? I know you mentioned your marketing company you had for about 18 years. Or was, did you? From the onset of deciding you want to be an entrepreneur, you were able to find a mentor or several. 
So I actually found my first mentor in my very first job out of college. And I found that mentor within the first month on the job. And so we're going back over 30 years. Okay. But I've had mentors throughout my corporate career and my entrepreneurial career. And they all touched me at a different level. There was a gentleman at uh, Javalia Coffee when I worked at Kraft Foods. His name was Art Trotman. He was the general manager. Mm. Okay. And he taught me that the customer always comes first, no matter what. And at a very young age, early in my career, I learned very quickly that customer always comes first. And then there was another gentleman at Kraft Foods, okay, Harold Skelton, who was the vice president of operations. And he taught me how to pay attention to the details. And that all details have to be focused on because just one missed cross of a T, one missed dot of an I can change the outcome of all of your effort. Interesting. And then a little later in my career, Novo, um, there was a uh, gentleman, uh, Dan Cirilli. He was the president of Grow Your Books. Here's one of my mentors who I still talk to a couple of times a month. I just spoke to him ah, the other day. Okay. And he is senior to me, and uh, mm-hmm. he is the gentleman who really pushed me into this leading edge of this internet evolution over 20 years ago. And the funny story behind that is uh-huh. I thought I was being sidelined. I thought I was being put out the pasture, and uh, <laughs> and he was teaching me the future of consumer purchase behavior. And so uh, Dan really is a mentor that I talk to many, many times, and then The foremost mentor that I've had is actually my wife and my partner, Marina. And she has really helped not only me, but us, Uh our partnership, in believing that our Amora Coffee and our story can reach new milestones every single day simply by just believing in what you're doing and Mm. why you're doing it. So important. So if anybody thinks that they could do it alone and they could be the superhero or the Superman, it's impossible. You can't do it alone. There is no such thing as a Superman. Yeah. And I think, you know, you had listed a variety of mentors on your journey. And I think it's important to know that a mentor can be anyone, right? As you mentioned, it's your wife and business partner. It was past colleagues or managers or directors, And a mentor doesn't have to stay with you for a lifetime. I mean, they could be with you for weeks or months and they're there to serve you ideas and inspiration when you most need it. I remember a mentor, I can call her mentor now. I I think I was too young to realize she was at the time. And when I had shared with her my desire to pivot from becoming a doctor to pursuing fashion design, she was so excited and she said, I want you to tell everyone you know what you want to do and you'll be surprised who will want to help you. And that has stuck with me over two decades. And so I don't communicate with her now, but I remember her very fondly and very grateful for that piece of advice. So it's really important for us to know that mentors are all around us and it's just a matter of just being open and engaging and developing that consistent relationship with them. I want to, before we close, I want to touch on a little bit about some of the future projects that you're working on. It's incredible. And congratulations to the fact that you've served a million customers. What is on the horizon for Amora? What can we get excited about? 
So for Amora, we have a couple of things that are happening. So first of all, we spent a lot of time talking to our consumers and learning more about what they're looking for. And so our entire unboxing experience and overall customer experience and even all of our messaging and how we're delivering our product is all evolving to the needs, wants, and desires of our consumer which has a different perspective than maybe what we had when we originally set out. And so when you'll see an unveiling the Amora brand, still the same Amora brand, but you're going to see a really attractive unveiling of um, who we look like and what we sound like in the coming weeks and months. We're very excited about that. And can we say that this unveiling will happen before the holidays? Oh, absolutely. It'll happen before the holidays. And uh, if you really want to get a sneak peek at what's going to happen after the holidays, uh, we're about to launch another line of coffees that our customers are asking us to bring to market. But that's a secret. We can't tell you what that is just yet. Okay. All right. All right. Well, you got to give us the tip. We have to have the first uh, exclusive on that. And um, to close, what words of wisdom would you like to share with other rising creatives and entrepreneurs? Well, when you really think about it from an entrepreneurial standpoint, what do you really have yourself that is something that you can stand by throughout your entire career? It's your brand. Your brand and your brand, and I'm not talking about the Amora brand. In this particular case for myself, I'm talking about the Jim Facina brand. And that brand is about your reputation and your integrity and your honesty and respect of others. And you can surround yourself with people that are way smarter than you in their line of expertise by simply being honest and respectful and staying true to your word. And so a real superpower really becomes the opportunity to bring that part of your brand out to the market. And so I would say to anybody uh, who is even thinking about becoming an entrepreneur already is an entrepreneur. The only thing you have is your reputation. Stand true to your reputation and everything else will follow. That I could assure you. I love it. So start with your personal brand and take that reputation through to the brand that you're building and delivering to the community. Absolutely. That's great. Love it. Well, thank you, Jim. Thanks for taking the time to share with us a little bit about what's going on behind the scenes at Amora, as well as sharing some of your personal experiences and words of wisdom with our listeners. Looking forward to that inside scoop as it comes closer to fruition. So don't forget. No pun intended. (laughs) Yeah, no pun intended, right? (laughs) We're very excited about it. Yeah. And we really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. And um, of course, if uh, any of your listeners would like to uh, try Amora, you just tell me where to find them. And I would be very happy to send them a free bag of Amora coffee. All right, guys, you hear that? So an exclusive, a rain exclusive, we'll follow up with you on how to take advantage of that opportunity. So thank you again for joining us here, Rain Magazine's Unleash Your Supernova. And thanks so much, Jim, for taking the time. Our regards to Marina. 
and good luck with all of the really exciting things on the horizon. Fantastic. Thank you, Nova. Have a wonderful day. And again, appreciate your time.